Howdy, folks. Welcome to a world of fantasy with seven magical lands of timeless fun. The Magic Kingdom, where happily ever afters happen every day. Wait a minute. I love that idea. How about some backstage passes? Karebuni. I am Warden Wilson Mutua, and I am happy to welcome you to Harambe Wildlife Reserve. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort and we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey y'all, welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I'm Dewey, one of your hosts, and this is episode number 17 of the WDW Reflections podcast. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved through social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future shows. So the busy holiday season has the fellas and me running around like crazy, and we're just not ready to roll out next week's big episode that includes a special guest. So we're gonna go way back into our history to give y'all a special treat and kind of get y'all primed for next week's show. So I'm gonna throw it over to my podcast travel buddy, Tony G, and he'll let y'all know what we're doing this week. Hope y'all enjoy this special look back. Over to you, Tony. Hi everyone. As Dewey mentioned, this week we have a very unique audio treat for you. Back in 2006, I was the host of one of the very first Star Wars fan podcasts entitled Echo 3 to Echo 7, the Star Wars Memories podcast. On this archived edition of that show, I welcomed a very special guest who was calling in to report in live from Disney's Hollywood Studios in the midst of the celebration called Star Wars Weekends. This recording is the first time that Dewey and I had ever spoken with each other and includes some interesting information and perspectives about what was going on in the parks that day. As this week marks the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilm, we thought it would be fun to share this show from 15 years ago. It starts off with a quick history of Lucasfilm's relationship with Disney Parks up to that time, and then continues with a great interview with Dewey as he takes us through his experiences at Star Wars Weekends 2006. Enjoy, and please let us know what you thought about this show in the comments. Okay, ready to go back? Let's go back. This is the Echo 3 to Echo 3 podcast featuring Dewey's report from Star Wars Weekends Live. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Echo 3 to Echo 7, the Star Wars Memories podcast. This is Tony G, and this is a special show dedicated to an annual event that has taken place this month, as it has over the past five or so years, over in Orlando, Florida. Some of you out there might be as lucky as I was to have been able to attend some of these events. However, 
others of you probably don't even know about it. And of course, I'm talking about the Disney Studios Star Wars Weekends. I've been lucky enough to attend a couple of the Star Wars weekends held at Walt Disney World over the past couple of years, and I thought I'd share some memories and some experience with you. We also have a very special guest on the line who got to experience this year's opening weekend firsthand, and I look very much forward to sharing that discussion with you and offering you a perspective from yet another fan. Finally, since the month of May is the month most associated with Star Wars releases, with the original movie having been released on May 25, 1977, and subsequent films being released on or around that date, I thought it would be appropriate to present some Star Wars memories to you. We'll be hearing more about that as we go on, but for now, let's go on and talk about Star Wars Weekends. The Disney and Lucas partnership started back in the mid-80s, when chairperson Michael Eisner looked to Hollywood to infuse new life into Disney's theme park businesses. Through partnership with George Lucas, Disney was able to bring certain aspects of that galaxy far, far away to life with some great recreations in both its Disneyland and Disney World theme parks. Star Tours, which opened to great fan acclaim in 1987, offered fans their very first chance to take a simulated shuttle ride throughout the galaxy as droid Captain Rex takes travelers on a shaky tour, zipping through asteroid fields, evading the dreaded TIE fighters and Star Destroyers, and even taking that fateful journey through the trenches of the Death Star. It's a fun ride punctuated by the appearances of life-size C-3PO and R2-D2 figures who find time to argue with each other while fixing the shuttle we're about to board. And for those who love attention to detail, a life-size replica of an all-terrain armored transport, also known as an Imperial Walker, stands majestically in front of the attraction, one of the most popular sites at MGM Studios to date. In the late 1990s, in order to fuel excitement for the prequels in development and the special edition movies, a small event called the Star Wars Weekend was held, and it proved so popular that a huge all-out salute to this greatest space saga ever was developed to kick off the new century. I was lucky to visit through the early weeks of 2000, and by then, the excitement about Star Wars had fueled the park's attendance to record levels. The first event I visited featured appearances by the original Darth Vader, Mr. David Prowse, who stood in the hot floor of the sun, signing autographs and chatting with fans. Also present was Jake Lloyd, who was fresh from having played young Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace. Jake was still a child then, and was very thrilled to have all the attention heaped upon him. There were a few characters mulling around the park, but mostly they centered around the original crew, with Darth Maul and Queen Amidala thrown in for good measure. I went back in 2001 for another go, and this time, the special guests were the men who played Boba Fett and Wicket the Ewok in the original series. Something that diehard fans might not realize about Star Wars Weekends is that they offer the opportunity for fans to get up close and personal with some of their favorite celebrities. In May of 2001, I got to see Warwick Davis, uh, who plays Wicket, and who also went on to play Willow, and Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, I got to see them both in the Star Wars Motorcade and MGM Studios as well as being interviewed uh, prior to getting their hands placed in cement at the Disney MGM Studios. And I'd like to play you a tiny clip from that particular event that I took with my uh, video camera. You might see a clip of this later on on the video cast as well. And uh, in it, each of the characters gets a chance to speak. First Warwick and then Jeremy and they talk a little bit about some characteristics they added to their characters.
But, uh, George, you were playing the background scene, and George said that there's something special. He's doing exactly what I need for an Ewok, and uh, he chose you. Now, what characteristics and mannerisms did you draw from? Well, I mean, I, I saw Wicked as being a young Ewok, very much like myself, and uh, I felt that he would find... Um, curiosity in many things. For example, when R2-D2 was brought to the village, he's never seen anything quite like that before. All he's seen is things made of wood and trees and, and organic things, and this was something very different. So uh, I just really drew upon um, things that my pet dog used to do. When he heard a strange sound, he would tilt his head from side to side <laughs> inquisitively, so I, I used some of that. Uh, I just really just found fascination in things that were different, and uh, I guess that's what really appealed to George. And I was kind of very natural with it. I, I, I wasn't overly conscious of what I was doing as, as such. So I think that kind of naturalness came through in the character and through the suit. And uh, Jeremy, for you, as uh, Boba Fett, you had to come up with uh, some other character mannerisms uh, because in Empire Strikes Back, you played another role. Yes, I, well, that was, that was one of those days where a lot was happening and um, I was sitting around <laughs> in my Boba Fett outfit reading the soccer results and <laughs> the team was losing again. And they suddenly said, Jeremy, would you mind quick go into wardrobe, get an Imperial officer's outfit on, and we're doing another scene. I said, well, look, don't ask questions, just do it. So I went in, changed into this Imperial officer, who then got named Shekel, and, of course, I grabbed Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia and dragged her into the elevator, and then seconds later, you see me as Boba Fett, so it's, it's quite a strange piece. But in, the, in those days, the, the early films, everybody helped everybody else out. People played different parts. Quick, we need a shot here. Would you mind? No, not at all. You just do it. I also got to see Star Wars actor Jake Lloyd in 2004. He played the young Anakin Skywalker, although now he's a little bit older. He was a teenager, and he had a couple of funny things to say. And, and here's a, a tiny clip of Jake, of teenage Jake speaking at Star Wars Weekends. Talk about um, filming in Tunisia, Tatooine City. How was that? Uh, it was it was interesting. It was really, really, really hot. Uh, we went there during a suicide fortnight, which is the hottest two weeks of the summer. And it's it, we, we have a picture of them frying an egg on R2's head. <laughs> that was that was something special. There were many more characters wandering around the park that time, including a lot of Jedi, Mace Windu, Clone Trooper, the Emperor, and all of the mysterious bounty hunters, including Ara Singh, someone who has got a very, very tiny role, but has been expanded into uh, something a lot more than she probably deserves. Anyway, the Star Wars weekends are a fun time for everybody, and the Disney people do their best to ensure that all the character actors who are playing face characters, those who you have to interact with, not only resemble the characters they're playing, but that they also stay in character. They never stray from the believability factor of it all. You kind of feel as if the Star Wars folks have somehow accidentally crash-landed on Earth, and they're here for this big party in their honor, and they're so amused they kind of go along with it. And you kind of have the feeling that as soon as they're done with it, they'll get back on their spaceships and head back to their galaxy, uh, back to the strife and the, and, the, and the horror of their place. It's a load of fun, and if you happen to be in the Lando area, make sure you get some time to go out, visit it, enjoy it. And the schedules can be found on the StarWars.com website as well as the uh, Walt Disney World website. I think that's Disney.com. So bring lots of sunscreen. May is a hot month in Florida. and Go out and enjoy the Star Wars weekends. Okay, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to a very special friend of mine and a guest who actually got to attend this year's Star Wars Weekends with his family. Direct from Orlando, Florida, 
Here on the line is one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. An Air Force sergeant, a Star Wars and Disney World fan, and a proud husband and father. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Dewey. So, okay, Dewey, so how's it been out there so far? So far, so good. We had a great time last weekend. Had uh, The weather's been really hot, but other than that, we've had a great time. There's all kinds of all kinds of Star Wars characters running around out there, acting like crazy folks. What's been your favorite thing that you've seen? Um, probably, probably actually seeing uh, my son getting to see Darth Vader and Darth Maul. Hey, those are his two favorites, and that was just awesome. And it's the first time he's ever seen any like anything like that up close. That was the first time he had. I, I went to Star Wars weekend. Well, I went several years ago. I believe it was um, probably '99 or 2000. Um, so, right. so I I had had to experience it before, um, but he's only three, so he's a, a a new Star Wars fanatic. So he was really right. excited to see them. Who do you th- and so Darth Vader? You think was his favorite character? Absolutely. Um, he got a he got a pretty big kick out of Darth Maul, but um, Vader is by far his favorite character. We were talking earlier, you mentioned an interesting experience with meeting up with Anakin and, and some of the other Jedi Knights as well. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. We were um, we were in line to see, you know, because they have the, the queues, so you can you can uh, meet different characters. And right. we were in line to see uh, Shock T and Mace Windu. And while we're waiting, the, uh, the little, the character... I don't know what they're called. The character uh, greeter, I guess, the lady that uh, is in charge of keeping the line moving. She, uh, right. she came by to let us know that uh, Anakin would be on his way shortly. So we were pretty excited about that, but we were a little disappointed that we might miss Mace Windu and Shock T. But, right. But what, what she had said was that uh, Mace Windu and Shock he were going to be around for about 10 more minutes and that uh, Anakin should be here in five. So there'll be a little bit of overlap time. And it turns out that we were, we were in line. Perfect. We were there. Um, and we got to meet all three of them at the same time. So we got our picture taken with Mace, Anakin and shock T all at the same time. So, I mean, that, that turned out to be a really cool picture with, with all of us. And then those three Jedi. So it was really cool. That is that sounds pretty cool, and I'm hoping you're taking tons of pictures while you're out there as well. Oh gosh, I thank goodness for digital cameras because if I was having to buy film for all this, I'd be I'd be broke. <laughs> and have you seen any of the special guests that were out there this weekend? We did. We um the this it was this past weekend that we went. So it was um, Rick McCollum who was uh, you know one of the producers, and uh, Peter Mayhew. And we all know and love as Chewbacca. And right. then, uh, and this year, actually, um, Warwick Davis is kind of, he's the, uh, like the host. He's, he's, right. he's around for everything. He's going to be around all month, all four weekends. So, um, he's kind of like the, uh, the go-to guy. So we, we got to see all three of those guys. We saw them, um, in the parade, you know, at the beginning of the day, they have the parade. So, Everybody gets to come down the street and, you know, wave at you and everything. And we were actually able to get some of their autographs. And then when we saw um, Peter Mayhew, he was actually um, 
walking, um, well, kind of walking by himself. He was with, he, I guess, his entourage, I guess. He was with some folks, but he wasn't with any, either of the other Star Wars um, people, uh, I guess, celebrities. Um, but, but yeah, he, he just towered over everybody. And then, you know, he's got that, that big old mane of wild hair. So he, he really stands out. He looks like Chewbacca without the outfit. He really does. He's, he's got all of Chewbacca's hair. It's just on top of his head. <laughs> and what about, I think they've got an X-Wing. You were mentioning that there's an X-Wing that allow, they're allowing you to take pictures. They do. Um, this year, um, they have a special section over on uh, Mickey Avenue where, um, where like the, uh, the millionaire game show attraction okay. is. They have one of those empty sound stages and, uh, that's, it's called Wicket's Warehouse and it's where they have all of the, uh, the, uh, special exclusive Star Wars weekend merchandise. So right in what? there is where they have, um, they have, they say it's a three fourth scale model. Uh, of an X-wing fighter, and they have it in there. You can uh, you can pay a certain amount and, and right. hop in it and get your picture taken and everything. So it's pretty neat. It, it looks really cool. It looks, you know, I guess uh, what what I would imagine a, a real X-wing would look like. So it's pretty right. neat. And have it up that close is a is a neat. Oh, absolutely! Too. It's sitting there on a uh, on a green screen, like I guess the way they you know they make the movies. So they they throw up like a space scene behind you or something. And uh, you can get your picture taken in an X-wing. So that's pretty, it was pretty neat to see. And, what, and are they selling anything in particular that you enjoyed or that you didn't like this year? Um, well, I uh, I've got uh, each of the years I've got the, um, the 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 Star Wars slash Disney um, plush figures where they right, a couple years the ago they had the Jedi Mickey, right. and then last year they had the uh, the Sith Mickey. So this year is uh, it was a fifth goofy plush. So you know I got the other two, so I couldn't pass up the fifth goofy. Absolutely. So um, I got him. I got him, and he's actually probably about a foot tall. He's pretty big. It's a, it's it's a lot bigger than than what the the Jedi and the Sith Mickey were. So they're trying to keep him in scale with Mickey, then. Yes, exactly. Because Goofy's so much taller. So it it's you're right. It's just like. Um, if Goofy were standing next to Mickey, it's, it's just like that. It's, it's it's pretty true to what you would expect Goofy to be. Did they do any of the hoopla or any of that kind of thing this year? Because I know a couple of years ago when I went, they had um, uh, these two comedians that were up there all day telling jokes and doing trivia and stuff like that. I, I don't know it, if they're doing that this year. It was, it's on the schedule, okay. um, but um, sometimes having a three-year-old son sort of throws off, off of the schedule. Yep, and, uh, understood. And yeah. and I mean, but he was a trooper, man. We uh, we stood in just about every line there was to see. I mean, you know, he loves he loves Star Wars, and he's the reason we went. Right. So, um, but we stood in just about every line you could think of to see just about every single character that was there. So that's great. Uh, he made it just about all day long. So we had a really good time. I mean, gosh, I I can't think of hardly any of the characters we didn't see. And you also told me that he got to do a little bit of Jedi training, right? Yes, we did that. Did he enjoy it? Oh gosh, yeah. He uh, it's pretty cool because, and he's only three, so he was the smallest guy up there. <laughs> but um, it it was really neat. They put on the little uh, little brown Jedi robe and give him a lightsaber and everything, and 
and teach him all the moves. So it was pretty neat to see. He, he got a kick out of it. <laughs> so do you think the whole event is something worthwhile for Star Wars fans to go to, or do you think? Oh it's something my that... goodness, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never actually had the opportunity to go to uh, any of the the Star Wars celebrations. Okay. But I would guess this probably has to be at least a a, sec- a close second to that. Um, this is the second or third time that I've been to Star Wars weekends, and and I've had a blast every time. I mean, it's just it's just so so neat to just walk around, you know, the Disney Studios. You walk around and and there'll be a a, a stormtrooper, you know, coming and and uh, like chasing after you, like you've done something wrong, and and they're the police, you know. Or um, or have a jaw while trying to trying to get I, a couple of years ago when I went I was just standing there waiting for waiting in line for something I felt something tugging on my backpack and I uh-huh. turned around to the jaw trying to steal something out of my backpack <laughs> you know so it's uh it's it's really really neat I what's great I, too is something I notice is that they all do get into character and they stay in their character while they're there which is absolutely they it's sure a Disney do. thing but it feels it feels pretty realistic when you're walking around. It, it, I mean, it's like uh, if if you you halfway expect to be in Mos Eisley or something because you yeah. you it, even though you're walking around the Disney Studios and you know you see like Muppets and stuff around you, the it, it, it's weird because the Star Wars characters somehow don't seem out of place. You know that they just make themselves at home in their in their new world there and just just continue on in their normal. Star Wars behavior, you know, they 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 act like stormtroopers and they act like bounty hunters, and it doesn't matter where they are. Was it crowded? Uh, yeah, it was pretty crowded. Um, but but Disney, they're masters at crowd control, right? So I mean, you know, you we're in line for for say Darth Vader, and we're probably fifty or sixty people back, but it was only you know maybe ten or fifteen minutes, you know. Um, really very manageable. I mean, it seems like, seems like you're walking around and there's people everywhere, but right. you still, there's still plenty to do. And, and they have so many characters there that, I mean, you just, you, you get out of one line after meeting somebody and walk 10 or 15 feet and boom, there's another character. Now you can meet that one. And uh, what's pretty cool is, you know, the big guys like the Vader and the Maul and, and, and Boba Fett, you know, the ones that, you know, you you know that folks are going to just crowd around and just flock to, they have specific meetings there, specific areas where you go stand in line and you wait there to meet that person. Oh, that's smart, yeah. Exactly. And then, but the cool thing is that, like, say, your Stormtroopers or your Gamorrean Guards or, say, like, maybe Greedo, they're just wandering around the place. So you just, you know, walking down the street and all of a sudden, uh, like a good morning guard jumps out at you and has his big battle axe and everything and like surprises you. Or Greedo walks up behind you with his big, long, skinny fingers and, and like tickles the back of your <laughs> neck or something. So it's just, yeah, you, it's, re- it's, you really can't even explain to somebody unless they're actually there. Cause it's really, it really is a lot like immersing yourself in, into the actual Star Wars experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it's not, it's not all waiting in line. You know, there are mm-hmm. places where you wait in line, but there's also places where where the Star Wars characters will come to you and they'll interact with you. So, mm-hmm. very cool. Dewey, thanks a million for sharing your impressions of this fun event. I look forward to sharing some of your photos with our listeners as soon as you get back, and I'll post them up on our blog site. 
I also look forward to having you on the show again to discuss more of your thoughts on the entire Star Wars experience. This month, I thought I'd take some time to ask a few folks about their favorite Star Wars memories, and I'd like to share that with you. First off, we have Scott, who's also known as Mr. Movie News, by the way, another podcast I produce and sometimes am featured on, and you can find that at MrMovieNews.com. Scott offers his most fond Star Wars memories. Well, Star Wars came out in 77, so that made me 10 years old at the time. And uh, I remember I had told my grandfather, because we had uh, been going to movies every Saturday, and I wanted to go see that. And he was a little skeptical at first. He, he wasn't too sure about it. He thought it was going to be a waste of his money. Um, but, we, but we went and saw it, and uh, the place was packed. And uh, we came out of there, and I watched it. And for a boy of 10, it was like, my God, I think I just – it was the greatest thing I had seen in my life. And that's only 10 years old. Um, we came out, and they were selling movie programs. And back then, I think the movie program was like a dollar fifty or whatever, and it was, you know, maybe a six-page movie program. And uh, I wanted it. My grandfather said, "Nah, you don't need it. It's a piece of garbage. You know, come on, let's get out of here. The crowds were crazy. You know, you had the movie letting out. You had another movie going in. So the biggest concern of my grandfather was, we just got to get out of this this theater. The parking lot's crazy. So I started crying hysterically. I want the program. I want the program." So he got annoyed with me. We went back in and we got the program. He bought it for like a buck fifty. I was happy. Oh, I had smiles on my face. The tears stopped. And now it's like one of the most biggest collecting pieces ever. You know, and I'm thanking God I went back and I have it somewhere. It's all packed away. And that to me was the greatest thing in the world. I got a movie program for Star Wars. Next up, we have Dewey's reflections on his first exposure to the saga. It's it's hard to to think of one. I mean, I've been I was three when Star Wars came out, so I don't really remember seeing uh, the Star Wars, the, you know, the, the first one, episode, um, you know, A New Hope. But I can remember, I can remember going to see The Empire Strikes Back in the movie theaters. Um, I guess I would have been six. I was born in '74, so I would have been around six, six and a half at the time. But I can remember it because I can remember walking out of the movie theater and just feeling like the end of the world had come because Han Solo was frozen and gone and Luke got his hand cut off and it was just, I couldn't imagine anything in the world being worse than that. And it's just funny, you know, I'm 32 now, but I can still remember walking out of that movie theater in North Little Rock, Arkansas, you know, walking out of there going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen, you know, you know, and, and, I mean, I was crying, you know, I was a six-year-old kid, so I can remember crying walking out of this thing, just being heartbroken that all these terrible things happened to Luke and Han and everything. So that's probably, I'm probably in the most important Star Wars memory to me because it's my first Star Wars memory. It, it's amazing. I mean, you know, like I said, it, 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 it's whatever they always say, it's timeless. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it truly it, it transfers to every every different kind of person you can think of, age and everything. Nothing matters. Star Wars is Star Wars is magical for anybody that watches it. 
thank you so much for listening to this very special edition of Echo Theater Echo 7. We'll be returning to a regular show format within a couple of weeks, but I hope you've enjoyed this little special look at Star Wars Weekends, and hope you take some time to go out there and visit for yourself. May the Force be with you. R2, light speed to Endor! And that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all of our social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast. And on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found on many podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, requests for trip tips, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else that you can think of. We'd love to hear from you. And please keep coming back and listening because we truly appreciate you. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. <laughs>